I'm Celeste Katz-Marston here with Jeff Simmons, and this is Driving Forces, where we take a deeper look into the issues and people shaping our community and our country. How are you doing today, Jeff? Always glad to be here with you. It's This is the highlight of my week, spending this hour with you every week, Celeste, and particularly because... <laughs> Particularly because and I want folks to know, sometimes we talk a little before the show to go over topics, but but then there is breaking news and we don't have a chance to even discuss it right before the show, Celeste. I know, I know. And that is certainly true today, although I think I sent you a text. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but probably you were going to send me a text. As always, lots and lots going on here. Last night, we started hearing that it was getting closer to being official that uh, State Attorney General Letitia James would announce her run for governor uh, against our sitting governor, Kathy Hochul, who, of course, took over for former governor Andrew Cuomo. Some news out about Andrew Cuomo just in the past few minutes, brand, brand new that there was a forcible touching complaint filed against him by the Albany County Sheriff's Office. That, of course, having to do uh, with the the scandal that was kind of his undoing uh, in terms of his relationships with uh, and behavior towards women who worked with for and around him in the governor's office, Jeff. Yeah, I have to say, you know, one thing that you pointed out to me, and I did check your texts, so that was good that I did that right Thank before, you. and I saw Thank the story, you. was there seemed to be a little confusion. The New York Times and the piece had reported that the Times Union of Albany had said that the complaint was filed erroneously, but a number of the folks connected to this couldn't be contacted right now. So hopefully within the next hour or so, this will be cleared up somehow. Yeah, so that's obviously going to be a developing story. And all of that, and who's going to be uh, the next governor, whether it will continue to be Kathy Hochul or somebody else, I'm sure that's something that we are going to be talking about a lot in coming shows. But right now, we are right around the corner, of course, from our next election day. That is Tuesday, November 2nd. Early voting is already well underway as New York chooses its next mayor. And we just saw a really intense televised debate between Democratic frontrunner Eric Adams, the borough president of Brooklyn, and Republican underdog Curtis Sliwa, who founded the Guardian Angels. And we're going to give you just a tiny snippet of one of the exchanges that really lets you hear the tone of that conversation. Clearly, Jeff, this showdown got pretty personal. So, Reggie, let's just hear a snippet of some of that crossfire. Sorry, guys. Can't find very personal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Reggie, thanks a lot. We're going to be going to that clip. And again, this is just a very, very brief exchange from the uh, final televised debate between Democrat Eric Adams and Republican Curtis Sliwa, both candidates for mayor of the city of New York. Sorry, guys, no clip was sent to me. Yes, uh, 
Curtis Lewa is going to be on the program a little bit later on, so maybe we're going to come back to that clip uh, in a little while. Before uh, before we do hear from Curtis Lewa, and I do just want to make a point right now before we go on with the show that not only is um, not only is Curtis Lewa going to be joining us here on the program, but he is going to be taking audience questions, which is great. We have had uh, Curtis Lewa on the program before, and uh, he was willing to take listener calls, and he is going to be doing that again. And uh, I just want to also make the point, Jeff, and, and you and I have talked about this, and maybe you can uh, add something here, but we did also ask Eric Adams to come on the program, right? Yes, we've made repeated requests. Even uh, I talked at an event two nights ago with one of his press folks to say, look, you know, we, we're giving equal opportunity here. We're inviting both of the primary candidates onto the show. And uh, Curtis uh, Sliwa will be joining us and he'll uh, be graciously be taking listener questions. And we're offering the same opportunity to Eric Adams. But uh, even in the last 24 hours or 48 hours, we have not heard back from anyone from their campaigns list. Exactly. So we will have Curtis Sliwa here on the program, and we just want to give you the number. Hang on to this, because we are going to be joined by another special guest to give us kind of the, the lay of the land momentarily. But hang on to this number, 212-209-2877. That's going to be the number to call if you want to directly ask Curtis Sliwa, candidate for mayor, a question about what's important to you in this election. 212 209 287 Seven is going to be the number to call. And I'm going to repeat that because it bears repeating. 212, you know, I want people to know that number. 212-209-2877. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, so I want to make sure that you have that number. We will let you know when the phone lines are open because Curtis has agreed that he will take our calls today. Now, uh, uh, Reggie did track down that clip. Uh, so we're going to play that right now just so you can hear a little of that exchange, and then we'll come back to our first guest. So, Reggie, if you could play that clip. Curtis, I would agree with you that you should display a level of discipline. They laid out rules here, and you should try to show that. You're acting like my son when he was four years old. Show some discipline so we can get to all of these issues. You're interrupting. You're being disrespectful. Show a level of dis discipline. You want to be the mayor of the city of New York? Start with discipline. Eric, Eric show compassion. Show care. Don't just be a robot. People are going to lose their jobs, their income. And when I'm mayor, I hire them back. I give them their full pay. Thank you. You were just listening right there to a clip of Democrat Eric Adams, the borough president of Brooklyn, speaking with or arguing with or lecturing uh, Curtis Lewa, the Republican and independent candidate, who, of course, was asking him to show some compassion here. But, you know, really fireworks. But the question is, what is all that sound and fury going to add up to, Jeff? If you look at the numbers... And those numbers, and thank you, Celeste, for leading me into that because I skipped right over it. An Emerson College Picks 11 News Nation poll that just uh, was conducted last Friday and Saturday. So before this week's debate, found that Eric Adams, our former state senator and NYPD officer, was leading Curtis Slewa by 61% to 25% among likely voters. And that same poll had about 14% undecided. Now, when undecided voters said which candidate they were leaning towards, Eric Adams had an absolutely commanding lead of 70% to 30% over Curtis Sliwa, who, as you know, is a longtime fixture on the New York radio scene, Celeste. 
Exactly. So as we mentioned earlier, to give us the lay of the land on this race for mayor, we're lucky to be joined right now by Sally Goldenberg. She is the City Hall Bureau Chief for Politico New York. And she joined Politico to cover the de Blasio administration in 2013, including reporting on the budget, labor contracts, housing and economic development. Before that, Sally covered the City Council and the Bloomberg administration for the New York Post. She's also worked for the Staten Island Advance and the New Jersey Star Ledger. You've read her work, and you've also probably seen her recently as a panelist in the televised debates uh, during this debate season. So we're really glad to have her join us here today on Driving Forces. Sally, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. So just to start off generally, how is this race shaking out right now? I hate to, you know, I don't want to, like, bum anybody out for the rest of the program, but, I mean, is this thing over or what? Yeah, I mean, it's very, very likely that Eric Adams will win this race on Tuesday and win it by a healthy margin. You know, it's New York City is overwhelmingly a Democratic town. Um, registration is democratically advantaged, I think, about seven to one. And Eric Adams is also pretty politically moderate and, you know, palatable to perhaps more moderate Republicans or independents. You know, I saw he got the endorsement of the New York Post in the general election and the Staten Island Advance, which represents a borough that you know, tends to vote Republican. So I think a lot of the appeal for a Republican candidate against a liberal Democrat won't come into play, you know, in this election. So I think he's he's in a very good position. So, Sally, this is Jeff, and it's wonderful to have you on the show today. People people are concerned about how New York City has been functioning under Mayor de Blasio, and they've had these concerns for a while. So how much in your view, has Eric Adams sought to differentiate himself from the current administration? He's very, very different from the outgoing mayor, but I don't think that he seeks to highlight that, um, at least not during the primary, maybe a little bit more so during the general election. Um, but they're, they're actually quite different, even though they have, they have overlapping bases, you know, primarily black and Latino voters in uh, boroughs outside of Manhattan. But on policy, you know, Eric Adams is very comfortable speaking and presumably governing in a way that's, you know, like very pro-police with a strong police department, which is not to say he won't have an eye on reform. And he says he will. And that remains to be seen. But we have no reason not to think he will. But like his focus is bringing crime down. And de Blasio's focus when he ran in 2013 was bringing stop and frisk down and, you know, reforming the department. Um, And apart from that pretty major issue, they disagree on a lot of things. You know, de Blasio came into office fighting charter schools. Eric Adams is a proponent, I would say, of charter schools. Um, At the very least, he's neutral on it, but I think he's indicated he's supportive. Um, You know, he's more pro-business. He's worried about taxing millionaires and billionaires and seeing them leave New York. De Blasio ran for office saying he wanted to tax all you know, millionaires and use that money to fund universal pre-K. So I think they're actually substantively very different. And one of the things we've seen even just today, and obviously Curtis Sliwa out there, but big, big protests right now over vaccine mandates for public workers. I think it was the uh, uh, FDNY that was out there today with uh, Sliwa. Um, but do you see uh, what the big difference is going to be between a de Blasio administration and an Adams administration, if anything, 
on vaccine mandates. Uh, this is obviously a, a big deal for certain portions of the labor sector, although a lot of people are getting the shots. Yeah, I doubt that Eric Adams will give in to, you know, anti-vaxxers. I, I remains to be seen, but I don't think so. He's vaccinated. He's encouraging people to get the vaccine. Um, I don't think he will. I mean, he's said things, you know, about de Blasio's general, like, approach, community outreach, that sort of thing. But I think at the heart of the issue, I don't think they'll be very different. And as far as since we're on Curtis Sliwa, just for a moment here, just curious to hear what you think of how effective Sliwa has been, if he has been, um, on sort of digging into Adams's record. Uh, there are things to there are legitimate questions to be asked about Eric Adams, his background, um, you know, lots of things about his uh, finances and so on. But do you think Sliwa has had any impact in making people ask those questions or consider those questions? You know, not really. I think that some of the natural vetting of a candidate that didn't happen. I think Eric Adams has got some vetting during the primary. And then there was more that happened during the general election simply because there's only two candidates. And during the primary, there were so many. So, you know, and, and that vetting from reporters might coincide with Curtis Lewa publicly criticizing him. But I don't know that that's the reason for it, and I'm not really sure that that has penetrated. Certainly, I don't think it's penetrated in enough of a way that it's going to really shape the outcome of the election, you know, maybe around the margins. I thought in in the debate we hosted with NBC, I thought, you know, Curtis definitely took some swings that seemed, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes when you're moderating versus watching it at home, but it seemed to me like some of them might have landed, you know, but... I don't think anywhere near enough to make a measurable difference in the outcome. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Driving Forces on WBAI 99.5 FM and also streaming live at WBAI.org. I'm your host, Jeff Simmons, joined by my wonderful host, Celeste Katz-Marston, and we're speaking with Sally Goldenberg of Politico New York. So, Sally, we mentioned a little earlier on the show that we have been asking Eric Adams' campaign to have him back on WBAI on this program, and he's been here before, but they've been radio silent. Uh, you know, we've sent a number of requests. Uh, see what you did there, Jeff. And, and nothing has <laughs> radio silent, yes. Uh, <laughs> they say he's been busy, but... You know, but has he? How active would you say Adams has been in terms of interacting with the press recently? And why? Why do you think, you know, there might we might not be even getting a response? That's a good question. Um, during, I would say, since the primary, he has kept a very low profile in terms of public events and press events. Um, some of them, though, some of the things he does that are public, we don't know about because his campaign has not been uh, super forthcoming about putting everything, you know, out on a schedule in advance so that the press could cover it. And I'm talking about public events, not private. Obviously, they're not going to tell us about private fundraisers, private dinners, private vacations and things like that. We're going to try to find out on our own, of course, but I'm not that's not the expectation that they would tell us that. But, you know, he's done a number of interviews on TV, radio, you know, attended public things. Sometimes I get a glimpse of it, like on his social media or other people will post it on social media that, you know, the nominee came to, you know, one of their events, but we don't know it from him. And so 
I couldn't tell you exactly how busy he's been. I think he's doing a lot of fundraising. Uh, he maxed out, and then he started helping a political action committee that's kind of fundraising for other similar-minded moderate Democrats. So he's definitely attending a lot of fundraisers. And he's doing some events, but he doesn't have a packed schedule. And I can't speak to why it is that they're not, you know, on your show or so forthcoming with the press. My guess is that they know they're going to win by a healthy margin, and they don't want, you know, it's a Rose Garden strategy in a way. They don't want him to get tripped up or to say something that, you know, to, to, to sort of be cornered by a reporter and maybe say something that wouldn't be helpful. So I'm assuming they think the most helpful thing they could do for their candidate right now is to kind of have him keep his head down. And Sally, in the, the minute or so we have left, just curious as to how much you think that is going to, uh, you know, that approach will extend if Eric Adams becomes the next mayor. Obviously, we've had mayors uh, over the years that have been more or less interested in engaging with the press, uh, in uh, engaging in interviews and answering questions, particularly questions that are, are posed impromptu that are not, you know, in a prepared formal interview. What's your sense of... Um, Eric Adams in terms of what he will be like in terms of answering questions on the fly if he becomes mayor. Yeah, I mean, I hope that this, the, you know, this sort of um, approach changes, obviously, as a reporter, I hope it changes. My experience covering him is that when he talks to reporters, whether, you know, when it's a sort of gaggle outside of an event and it's not like a staged formal press conference, he seems very at ease, to be honest with you. I always am surprised when his team seems worried about him because he's very he's very good at he's disarming just kind of personally he's well versed in a number of subjects and he seems comfortable and at ease like he is a little bit prone to say things that are controversial and he's had a history of that and he really hasn't done it during the campaign i suspect he will do it as mayor just because i think that's kind of innately who he is he's not He's not boring. You know, he, he, he's going to say and do things that are going to make a splash. Uh, that's my guess. And in terms of dealing with reporters, I hope and think that he will, you know, if he sees a group of reporters outside his office in City Hall, you know, in the rotunda in the public part of City Hall, I, I think he'll come over and say hi and take questions. At least that's what I hope. Maybe I'll eat my words, but. So, Sally, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for joining Celeste and myself here on WBAI today. If our uh, astute listeners would like to learn more about you and follow your coverage, where should they go? So uh, politico.com backslash New York, um, or sometimes our stories, you know, are just on politico.com homepage. And I can be followed on Twitter at Sally Gold. And I'm fortunate I've got the Politico Pro subscription, so I'm able to I see a lot more of your story. Sally Goldenberg, oh, okay. thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining Celeste and I here on WBAI today. Thank you so much for having me. So again, you've been listening to Driving Forces here on WBAI 99.5 FM. I am your co-host, Jeff Simmons, here with the amazing Celeste Katz-Marston.
Yeah, and today we're talking about the race to become the next mayor of New York. We just heard from Politico's Sally Goldenberg, one of my favorite reporters, somebody I've known for a long time, trying to remember, actually, if she was with The Post or even with The Advance when I first met her. But we are uh, we go back quite a way. Uh, next, coming up, we're going to be speaking with Republican and Independent candidate for Mayor Curtis Sliwa. And in a little bit, he'll also be taking your calls. So we just want to remind you to have that number handy for when we do open up the phone lines. It's going to be 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. want to take just a second here to remind you that we're happy here at WBAI to bring you a wide array of viewpoints from all walks of life, all across the political spectrum. And we really love to bring you into the conversation about politics, public policy, all this stuff. But we can only do that with your help. So please take just a few minutes today. Go to WBAI.org and give as generously as you can. We are a listener-supported, non-commercial radio station. We rely on your help. You can make a one-time donation or even better... You can become a WBAI buddy and make a recurring donation to help keep free speech radio alive and well in New York. WBAI.org. And remember, you can do it in the name of your favorite show. So if it's not Driving Forces, and we hope it is, but if it's not, it could be Deadline NYC or Max Politics, Good Morning New Wave in New York. It could be even uh, Morning Ursay or the Harlem Connection or from the soundboard hosted by our very own driving forces engineer, Reggie Johnson. So help us keep all these great programs on WBAI and help us develop new ones. Again, go to WBAI.org. That's the way you can make a donation today. So again, you're listening to driving forces here on WBAI 99.5 FM. We are now going to be joined by Republican and independent candidate for mayor Curtis Slewa. Now you know him as the founder of the Guardian Angels, a son of Carnarsie, and a longtime radio host here in New York City. He's got an uphill climb to become the next mayor, but he's certainly not shy about explaining why he thinks he, and not Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, is the right person for the job. Curtis Lewa, welcome to WBAI. Well, thank you for giving me another opportunity, and most importantly, mentioning that I'm also on the independent line running for the mayoralty not just the Republican line. So I should also start off the conversation by letting you know that Celeste and I are both dog people, but that is okay because we do welcome people who like cats as well. So thank you for joining us and knowing that we're dog people here. Well, so, remember, part of my platform is no-kill shelters. When I get elected mayor, we're never again killing a dog, a cat, or an animal in the New York City shelter systems. Never again. And I was glad that this topic came up on the debate the other night. In fact, that's where we'd like to start today. What do you think of the final televised debate you had with Eric Adams this week? What 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 did you go into the studio to achieve, and do you feel you achieved it? Well, I felt in the first debate prior to that at Channel 4, I started the proceedings by paying tribute to the world's greatest TV local news reporter of all time, Kate Pressman. And I felt that would sort of lighten up the circumstance between Eric and myself, because we, we could all agree on that. He used to do great jobs moderating debates. But Eric just refused to either look at me. He was very robotic, very stiff. And he just kept repeating words like, oh, he's a clown, he's a buffoon, he's a fake. And so I just felt that he was treating me as if I was a candidate of no consequence. Even though we've known each other over the years, we've been friendly at times, he's 
known my two youngest sons and their mother, Melinda Katz, the Queen's DA. All of a sudden, he took this very coarse approach. And the subject matter of him calling me a racist came up. And obviously, I objected to that the first time. And it came up briefly the second time. And I just said to myself, Eric Adams, every time you disagree with someone, like Andrew Yang at the time of ranked choice voting, when he teamed up with Kathleen Garcia. And by the way, when I was New York State Reform Party chairman, I promoted ranked choice voting. I pushed that initiative, and it passed overwhelmingly with the city voters. But he called them racist because they did what ranked choice voting suggests that you do as candidates for the benefit of the voters. And you look at the history, even the New York Post that supports him, he called racist years ago. He, he's just used that term over and over again. And I just wanted an explanation of why me. You may call me many things, but you can't call me a racist. I lead a group, the Guardian Angels, here and around the world that are predominantly black and Hispanic. I can go into neighborhoods where the only Republican they've ever seen is Abraham Lincoln on a $5 bill. And I've spent the bulk of my campaign in the streets, the public housing complexes, and in the subways where people of color are predominantly. Mm. And I, I, I just objected to that tag. And then the final debate. I just brought it to him. It was fire and brimstone from the outset. And um, there were some questions he just refused to answer, refused to entertain. And I think if he does become mayor of the city of New York, this is more of what you're going to get, the enigma of Eric Adams and a person who refuses to answer questions. So let me let me jump in here for a second, though, because uh, it's something that came up in the debate. And we are talking about uh, race and ethnicity. Uh, if you're just joining us, we are speaking to Republican and independent candidate for Mayor Curtis Sliwa. I'm Celeste Katz Marston here with Jeff Simmons. And Curtis, you know, there was an issue where you brought something up, uh, basically saying uh, that city council member Adonis Rodriguez, who is an immigrant from the Dominican Republic, is not a citizen. That is not true. He has called that discriminatory. Now, you said you were, quote unquote, operating on old brain cells when you said that. But, you know, why should people who might potentially vote for you not be offended by that? Well, number one, uh, I made a mistake. I conflated the fact that he was leading this legislation to enable green card holders and those with work visas to vote. Uh, My position has been, look, I'm personally opposed to that. But I would put it up for initiative and referendum. That's what I believe in. But I I dealt with Idanis Rodriguez over the years. And I remember him talking a long time ago about green card uh, holders. And I made a major mistake. And I apologize for that. He clearly is a citizen. He is leading this effort. Uh, And I did my mea culpas. See, that's one thing I've often had to do in my life is apologize publicly. Whereas other elected officials, oftentimes very pretentious, uh, and we go from people like Donald Trump, who used to be the president, to Bill de Blasio, our mayor, who just never seem to apologize for their faux pas. This was a biggie. I put my foot in my mouth, and I was wrong. Okay, and, and and that's fine. And, you know, we understand that you've you've apologized for that. And I think that maybe, uh, you know, making a mistake, uh, understandably, you might say something, somebody did this or somebody did that or had this job or that job or something. But I think that it was the context. And I just I do want to stay on this for a second so that people can hear your explanation, because I think the context in which you were saying that was related specifically to, uh, you know, 
his immigration status, the immigration status of people surrounding him or associated with him, and also the benefits that they might have derived from coming to the United States. I mean, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. It wasn't just a slip of the tongue. I mean, this was a specific reference to a lot of issues that I think are important to people who are looking at who to vote for for the next mayor. Sure, and you're absolutely correct, Celeste. I did pack a lot into that statement. What I was trying to say was that as a green card holder, you have everything that a citizen has other than the privileges of a vote. I don't understand sometimes why you wouldn't go that final step to become a citizen, although it's their choice. Uh, and also, obviously, for those who get work visas. So uh, bottom line is I've known Adonis Rodriguez for years. Uh, he's been a great advocate for Washington Heights. He's represented the people of that area well. Uh, I remember his story. I was at LaGuardia High School, uh, and he was uh, speaking at a graduation for predominantly Latinos and Latinas, many of them in Washington Heights, many of them were guardian angels at the time. He talked about how he had been a cab driver, a teacher, the difficulties that he had as a new immigrant into the country. So I couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. I've apologized. Uh, he's a stand-up guy. He's been a solid advocate for the positions uh, uh, that he stands for. And I made a big mistake. Big mistake. So, Curtis, I want to, uh, before we just go to a, a break, I do want to ask one question because uh, when you just mentioned uh, uh, Latino, it makes me think of that. Recently, I've heard you on several occasions uh, reference uh, the Latino community in the city. And I'm curious if that, if you see that is, uh, you know, as diverse as it is, you see that as possibly a pathway to victory by garnering support from the various Latino communities in the city? Well, I've always had support from the Latino and Latina community uh, going way back to when I started the Guardian Angels. Most of the Guardian Angels in New York City uh, are Hispanic. Uh, and without them getting involved, I could not have done it alone with uh, African-Americans who joined or Caucasians or Asians or others. Uh, so I've, I've had a lot of dealings in their community. And one thing that I always could not understand is that the new majority minority in the NYPD are Latinos. Under Bill de Blasio, they were never considered even for an interview to become potentially the police commissioner. And now under Eric Adams, he has already indicated whoever that police commissioner of his might be will be a woman, will be an African-American. And he has not even indicated any Latino or Latina that he would interview to at least give them the opportunity. Look, they are going to be not only the majority of the police department soon, but they're going to be the majority of the city of New York. They don't even have a citywide position. I think it's incumbent upon Latinos and Latinas to put aside differences that they have internally within their own communities and manifest the votes that they now have available and demand that they be given equality treatment when being considered for higher positions that go beyond civil service, like being a police commissioner. And I certainly would prioritize a Latino and Latina for that position. 
This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. You're listening to Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston here with Jeff Simmons. Election Day is November 2nd, Tuesday, coming up. We are speaking right now with Republican slash independent candidate for mayor, Curtis Slewa. And in just a bit, he is going to take your calls. You can speak directly to the candidate. That's one of the uh, one of the things that we enjoy being able to do for you here at WBAI. AI New York. So the number is going to be 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. What do you think is the most important issue for the next mayor to focus on? Have you made up your mind? Have you voted early? Uh, is there anything that anybody, uh, Curtis Lewa or his uh, opponent, uh, Democrat Eric Adams, can say to uh, to change your mind uh, at this stage in the game? 212 209 2877 is going to be the number to call. We are going to be taking a short musical break. Hopefully we uh, have our engineer Reggie here with the music to queue up. We're going to give it a try. If not, Curtis, we are going to keep talking until people start calling in. But uh, Curtis, you mentioned during the last debate that you have a, a soft spot in your heart for electronic dance music. So hopefully that's what we have on tap for you. Reggie, take it away. We'll be right back. Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris with We Found Love here on WBAI New York. Will Curtis Lee find any love from New York City voters on Tuesday? That is the big question. He's here with us live, and now he's ready to take your calls. I know we've got callers lined up already, but reminder, the number to call, 212-209-2877. Again, that number, 212-209-2877. 
Early voting is already underway, and if you are not aware, Election Day is this coming Tuesday. Let's get to that first phone call. Welcome to WBAI. You are on the air. We've got Curtis Leeway here. What is your name, where are you from, and what's your question? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go for it. Thank you. I'm Bill in New York City. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody. Listen, only Curtis Leeway can save the city right now. And I'll give you three quick reasons why, very quick. Number one, Eric Adams uh, publicly mocked uh, Herman Bedillo for marrying a Jewish woman. He publicly did that in public. Uh, number two, he slut-shamed a police officer when she reported corruption in the, in the sergeant exam. He, he ruined her career, okay? Number three, very important, Eric, Eric is not, he is not uh, Joe Clark. If all these shootings and killings that we see right now were white kids, if there were Italian kids or Irish kids in Hell's Kitchen, those communities would be demanding stopping for us. If it was in Riverdale, and these are gangs, and it was two gangs in Riverdale shooting each other, Oliver Coppell would be demanding stopping for us to save his community's children. Eric Adams is not willing to do that. He's willing to let his own children get shot and killed because he's not willing to beat Joe Clark and say, we need to stop it right now. Just want to make sure that, uh, thank you, Bill, for your call. We just want to make sure that Curtis has a chance to jump in here. Curtis, what uh, what do you say about that? Is Eric Adams really willing to let all that happen? What do you think? Well, look, his roots used to be in the streets. He's got a great narrative. But I got to tell you, of late, he's been up in the suites. Uh, Zero Bond Club with millionaires, billionaires, a lot of them Trumpers, with the TikTok girls trying to keep up with Kardashians. He went to Monaco for a week for vacation. Who goes to Monaco? We still don't know where he lives. The guy is an enigma. I, I just think that how are you going to get Eric Adams back to the farm when he's been to Gay Paris? The old statement. He he is. You know, it used to be Shirley Chisholm when I was going to Brooklyn Prep in Crown Heights in 72. She was running for president. There was a, a shirt that a lot of her supporters wear. I remember it. It said, unbossed, unbought. I'm telling you, Eric Adams is bossed and bought. What he said about Michael Bloomberg the other night at the Fortune Society dinner, that Michael Bloomberg was like Jesus Christ settling the waters of the Sea of Galilee. Is he out of his mind? That's idolatry of billionaires. That's not what Curtis Lewis stands for. I'm in the subways, the streets. I'm with the peaks. And I don't have the privileged money crew backing me up because, you know, they don't just give you money. They want something in return. They want favors, developers, realtors, hedge fund monsters. That's not Curtis Slewa. That's Eric Adams. Okay, we're going to go to our next call. If you're just joining us, this is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste katz Marston here with Jeff Simmons. Curtis Sliwa, Republican and independent candidate for mayor of the city of New York, taking your calls here, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. We're going to try to get to as many people as we possibly can. So if we need to keep it a little brief, we appreciate your patience with that. We're going to go to our next call now, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what's your question for Curtis Sliwa today? Uh, are you with me, Ms. Marston? My name is Daryl McPherson, Bronx, New York. Yep, that's you, Daryl. Go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. They told me I was third. Um, Mr. Stilwa, I'd like to know, uh, I watched the, um, the streaming of the municipal workers uh, taking on the mask mandate, 
And what I want to know is, do you have a, a team of lawyers or access to a team of lawyers to do two things? One, defend the municipal workers on the mask mandate, and two, do something about the, the switching of the pensions to an advantage plan, which is clearly uneconomical from the point of view of the, of the citizens of the city as compared to the quote-unquote the government of the city. And the, the other thing is, are you thinking about, rather than treating pe- failing to treat people during this COVID um, pandemic, coming up with viable treatments that will work, and uh, rather than uh, ventilators using hyperbaric chambers to treat the patients that are unable to breathe? Thanks, Daryl, for your call. We appreciate we appreciate it. So, uh, Curtis, there's a a, a number of things there. Uh, if you want to take uh, any or all of those, that'd be great. Well, one of them I actually agree with Eric, and he is absolutely right. Four hundred and forty thousand retirees who were promised GHI and Medicare, in which they could choose their own plan, choose their own doctors, and then all of a sudden, the city of New York, through De Blasio, flipped the script and changed it. So that they're not going to have that opportunity to do that any longer under the guise that they're saving money. Well, you made a promise. You did a bait and switch. Do not abandon these civil servants who gave gave their every every day, every uh, inch of time to do service to the people. You promised them that you would provide medical care for them under one plan. And now you're depriving them. So I actually agree with Eric Adams on that. In terms of standing there against the mandates, which I did today outside of Gracie Mansion, and I did when crossing the Brooklyn Bridge with teachers, healthcare workers, firefighters, cops, sanitation workers, other civil servants who have been told if they don't get that first shot by tomorrow, they're fired. Uh, they will not even be able to file for unemployment. Uh, they will not have money to support themselves or their family. When we had a remedy that was used by the police and the firefighters, if they couldn't get the vaccine or wouldn't, they were tested once a week. That was working out. I always encourage people to get vaccines. I'm vaccinated. But we're going to fire people, less cops, less firefighters. Teachers have already been fired. Hospital workers have been fired. They were the ones who crawled into the belly of the beast at the start of the lockdown and pandemic. They were not provided masks or equipment. Many of them got sick and died. Some of them brought the disease back to their homes. They took all the risk. We applauded them at 7 o'clock at night, and now we fired them? How callous, how indifferent, how a lack of caring and compassion mm-hmm. that this mayor brings to this issue. No, uh, I, when I get elected mayor on January 2nd, we remove the mandates, we rehire the civil servants, and we give them back pay for all the money that wasn't provided to them. And thank you for your call. We're going to get to other calls in just a moment. We got uh, someone who tweeted to us, Joe Bello, and it's a good question because we also have Veterans Day coming up. He'd like to know if you will overhaul the New York City Department of Veterans Services if you're elected mayor. Your thoughts on that, Curtis? Well, actually, it's improved the Department of Veterans Services. Uh, I remember a time where they were on the verge of bankruptcy. Uh, and one of the few times I actually gave Donald Trump credit, because as many people know, I'm a never Trumper. I did not vote for Trump both times. Uh, and I've been accused by Republicans of not being a Republican. 
But he did bail out the annual Veterans Day parade in which there was no money in the coffers to sustain it. Uh, I have actually seen improvements uh, within the Department of Veteran Affairs within the city of New York. Uh, and so I think we we keep we need to keep prioritizing their treatment. So many of them have become homeless. They're forced into the shelters. They're wandering the streets, the subways. And the city has done an absolutely abysmal job of caring for the homeless and the emotionally disturbed. That's what I do best. I, I have compassion for them. These are lost souls. They need our help, and they're not getting our help. The number to call, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. I think we may have uh, one or two more calls holding. We're going to try to get to a couple of those right now. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what is your question for Curtis Sliwa? Hello, is that me? That's you. Oh, hi. How are you? Yes, um, my question is this. I really, really appreciate uh, Mr. C. Wall for coming on WBAI. First of all, much respect for that because I know we're hard hitters. This audience takes no prisoners. Secondly, is that I agree that Eric Adams is bought and paid for. You mentioned something about him uh, uh, having a, a Hispanic police or a Hispanic uh, uh, police chief or something. No, that's not going to happen. He's going to put a black person there so he can set us black people up. And that's all he's going to do for the black people. That's all he's ordained to do is put a black person there and shut us up. And that's what he's going to do. And it, it pisses me off because I heard him talk about, he was on another radio station, talk about how they were grooming him. Anytime somebody grooms somebody, what do you mean by grooming you to be uh, just uh, 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 happy? He even said a long time ago, what is this thing about grooming? I don't I don't trust anybody unless we go door to door and get someone who independently is not associated with the billionaires that you talked about, Mr. Seaball, and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Then maybe we can see some real action. But trust me, he's going to put a black person there, shut us up, and lock us up just like the slave catchers do right now. Thank you very much. So thank you for your call. Do you have a question specifically for Curtis Lee where you just wanted to share your thoughts today? She's gone. Oh, all right. Uh, any more calls, Reggie, or are we are we set on the calls right Two. now? All right, we are going to take uh, we're going to take another call. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what is your question? Briefly for Curtis Sliwa today. Calling you on the air. Two. Okay, we're going to try one more call, Reggie. I think we're going to go to the next one if we still have. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what is your question for Curtis Lewa today? How you doing? Call for Queens. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, he answered my question. The first part of it was uh, the mask mandate and, most importantly, the um, forced vaccinations. I personally know someone who lost their job because of it. I'm also a healthcare worker myself, and I'm choosing not to get it. And I just wanted to make sure that he was actually going to do something about it to take back that, to, re- to repeal that. Um, I'm glad to say that you already said you would do that. And the second thing I just wanted to ask, too, was um, with everyone was talking about with uh, police officers. And uh, I think one of the biggest problems is they don't want to say it, but it's quotas. And you got to get rid of those quotas. Put a police officer on the corner, let them stand there, get to know the community so everyone knows each other. 
And I can tell you where I live. I couldn't, I don't know any police officer. I don't know their names. I don't know what they look like. They're never, on the, they're never there. We never get a chance to see them. And uh, that's about it. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Curtis, any, any reaction to that? Yeah, I, lo- I love the, the idea of a quota. And I'm going to attach it to Bloomberg, who in his last four years, that he bribed his way into, by the way, Mr. Term Limits, uh, was a fake, phony fraud on that. He was averaging 700,000 stop and frisk a year. 700,000. He started doing the analytics. That probably included every young man and some young women of color in the city of New York. And he imposed a quota on the cops. They had to write up five 250s a day. They had to do five stop and frisk a day. Even Pat Lynch, the head of the PBA, said, you're so wrong. He said it publicly. You're turning the community against us. And who is Eric Adams embraced? But the man who violated so many people's rights by putting a quota for stop and frisk, Michael Bloomberg, who he just referred to the other night as like Jesus Christ settling the waters of the Sea of Galilee. What a fake, phony, fraudulent hypocrite Eric Adams is. All right. All right. We have one more call. We're going to make this one brief because we are going to have to wrap up. But we have one more caller on the line. Uh, WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And briefly, what is your question for Curtis Lewa? John, John Hell's Kitchen. Um, when Eric Adams says uh, uh, when he says that uh, he called stop and frisk. Uh, oh, my God. The. Um, he called it holistic approach. He wants to have a holistic approach to guns. That's what he literally said. You know what that means? That means more dead black kids. Because if he's saying he's going to have a holistic approach, and Curtis, you, you, you please go after him on this, because this is the issue. The guns have to be off the street. And listen, Bloomberg made the mistake during the presidential debate of saying, well, I was wrong on Stop and Frisk. Listen, there are thousands of black New Yorkers alive today because of Stop and Frisk. We might not have liked Giuliani, but if you look at the murder rates year by year, there are thousands of black people in New York, in New York alive today because of, and no one can deny that. That's well, it. Well, we well, let, me, not like let me address, the, let me address the issue. Okay. Thanks, caller. Really appreciate it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Curtis. Let me issue, uh, address the issue of guns. Eric Adams has said he carries a gun to church, and if elected mayor, he will carry a firearm. How crazy is that? Look, I've been shot five times on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to the Gambino crime family. I was offered a carry permit by the NYPD. He said, we can't protect you. Better get the carry permit. I said, no. I lead a group that carries no weapons, no guns. I have to be a role model. You cannot go into the inner city where males think that they've become powerful by carrying a loaded weapon and sometimes using it. If you're going to be a role model, it's got to be do as I say, not as I do. I know that because I'm talking to young men all the time. Eric Adams will talk to these young men and say, oh, you shouldn't be carrying weapons. And they're going to know, hey, you said as mayor, you would carry a gun. What do you need to carry a gun for? We've got too many guns out there. A hundred thousand guns floating around illegally. You got all the legal guns, new illegal guns coming into the city. We've got to start moving in a direction of no guns. Because when you have a mayor, if Eric Adams is lucky enough to become elected mayor, probably one mm-hmm. of the few things I, I agree with Maya Wiley. What are you talking about carrying guns for? You gotta be a role model. 
this nonsense and obsession with guns. So, Curtis, we're going to be running out of time any moment now. We want to thank you so much for spending this amount of time with us on WBAI and for taking listener calls. And we do want to remind our listeners, we have invited Eric Adams onto the show. We have tried, but we've been met with radio silence in the last few days. So, Curtis, thank you so much for joining Celeste and myself here on the show today. And support WBAI. We need more talk radio, not less talk radio, more free speech, not less free speech. Keep doing a great job. Keep those airwaves open. Okay, thank you so much, Curtis Lewa, Republican and independent candidate for mayor of the city of New York. Really appreciate you coming on the show with us today. Anytime. So we are coming to a close here of Driving Forces Packed Show. We had a great time talking to Sally Goldenberg of Politico. And then uh, we just spoke to, of course, and had a good Q&A session with Curtis Lee, a Republican candidate for mayor. As Jeff pointed out, we really do want to emphasize this. We made absolutely every effort to get Eric Adams to join us here on the program for equal time with Curtis Lee to take questions from our listeners, uh, the campaign, he or the campaign or both, uh, were just not willing or able to make that happen so uh, we just want you to know we did our best for you and as we wrap up the program here we wanted to save a little time because this is super 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 important election day again is Tuesday November 2nd but as we have mentioned early voting is already well underway so we just want to remind you to make a plan to vote if you haven't already a great place to start is the Board of Elections website that's vote.nyc vote.nyc the boe website is coming a long way from when i first started covering the board years ago right on the home page there's even an early voting wait time map so you can see if you're going to be waiting under 20 minutes 20 to 50 minutes more than 50 minutes the deadline to uh to register to vote in this election has already passed so you can uh get ready for the next one if you want to register you can print out an application right from the uh, vote.nyc website and I was one of those early voters. I have to say, Celeste, you know, that's what's something I'll be looking at next week will be how many people voted early, how many people voted on Election Day. Because when I went there, I just breezed right in and out. I was surprised. And it was during, I would say, a prime hour. I thought I'd see a lot more people there. I know we've got to wrap up. I do want to briefly say that I will be back this Sunday. City Watch is on at 10 a.m. on Sunday, focusing on the elections as well. I've got three spectacular guests. I'll be speaking with... Essay Olumese of City Limits about the campaign season, what voting patterns she'll look for. Then I'm going to have on my former boss, full disclosure, former New York City controller and twice mayoral candidate Bill Thompson, because I want him to talk about the final days of a mayoral campaign, what it was like, you know, get into his mind, you know, so he can basically relay to us what it's like during that moment. And wrapping up will be Amy Lopress of the New York City Campaign Finance Board. She will fill us in on how public funds are being distributed to candidates this season. And I'm not going to reveal it now because her person just emailed me to tell me how much Curtis Lewa is getting for the general election and how much Kurt Eric Adams is getting right now in, in public batching funds. you got to stay tuned for Sunday at 10 a.m. on that. 
Absolutely. So we do want to encourage you to vote. We're not telling you who to vote for. We don't care who you vote for, but if you can vote, please do. Early voting runs through Sunday, October 31st. And again, Election Day is Tuesday, November 2nd. There's a poll site locator on vote.nyc that will give you both your early and election day poll sites. You just need to put in your address. You can even add it to your calendar. On Election Day, the polls will be open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. citywide. For early voting, poll site hours may be different from day to day so please know before you go what time your poll site will be open we want to one more time thank our special guest today sally goldenberg of politico and candidate for mayor curtis sliwa thanks as always to our engineer reggie and special special thanks to you our listeners if you missed any part of the program you can listen to it in full by subscribing to driving forces via apple soundcloud or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and you can check the archive section of wbai.org i'm Celeste. Cats Marston here with Jeff Simmons, and this is Driving Forces. We'll be back with you soon. Coming up, stay tuned for the evening news and see you on the radio.